Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Harvest Lakeshore Sermon Podcast. For more information about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice of, to distinguish good from evil. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Jess. Well, we're back in the book of Hebrews, and as we have been studying the book of Hebrews, we've been studying deep truths about Jesus, as Wes referenced. That's why we're in Hebrews. And as the writer of Hebrews is, uh, as he's going through the book, talking about Christ, every so often he pauses to share something a bit more serious because there is some immaturity in the midst of the believers that receive this letter. In, uh, when we were in chapter 2, there was a pause because there was a warning, because there was a tendency to drift because of neglect. In chapter 3, there was a pause to warn about the danger of unbelief. And even though we're in the midst of all these great things, like just now, we, uh, before uh, this passage, we learned about Jesus being the great high priest, the author wants to pause to give a warning against spiritual immaturity. And he wants the small group of Christians to grow up spiritually, to mature in their walk with Jesus. Now, as we come to this passage, we can easily be like, okay, you know, you know, I've been a Christian for a while, and we can maybe kind of tune out or coast, but let's not be too quick to distance ourselves from the original hearers of this book, because spiritual immaturity wasn't just a first century problem. One survey showed that most professing Christians, this kind of survey done in the West, like the U.S. and the West, that most professing Christians could only list half of the Ten Commandments, cite the names of the four Gospels. Some might have had a hard time articulating what is meant by the term justification. They did not know who Abraham was or what Paul wrote in the book of Romans. When asked if the Bible says God helps those who help themselves, 80% of the people polled, they, they were self-described evangelical Christians, 80% of the people, they agreed that that was in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Uh, ben Franklin said that. Not in the Bible. Polster George Gallup summarized the situation, stating, there is a glaring lack of knowledge about the Bible, about basic doctrines and the traditions of one's church. And there is a superficiality of faith with many people not knowing what they believe or why. 
The problem is exacerbated by the fact that information is so easily available to us on, on our devices. We don't actually have to, to know anything because we all, I just look. I look at my device, look at my phone, look at my tablet, look at my computer. I, I can get the answer really quick. I don't, I don't really need to know. So, so I think that has contributed to the state of immaturity amongst many Christians. And so we need to take this warning seriously. Even some of the illustrations that are given here are kind of a stark contrast to get the attention of these people, and it should get our attention. So we're going to consider this morning four marks of spiritual immaturity. As we look at this text, may we look at the mirror of our lives and be honest. Let the Holy Spirit Bring conviction where conviction is needed. Let the Holy Spirit stir us up. So I'm, I think I'm just going to pause and pray because I think this is, this is serious. We should take this seriously. Let's pray for a moment. Father, as we jump in this passage, certainly we want to take your word seriously every single Sunday. But the writer felt a burden for these people. And I feel a burden for us as a church that we would take these truths seriously, bring conviction where conviction is needed, stir us up where we need to be stirred up, and may we hunger and thirst for righteousness. May we seek to grow in our walk with Christ. I ask God that you do that in us through your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, God's wanting to get our attention, so let's look at the first mark of spiritual immaturity, a dullness towards the word or laziness. Look at your Bibles again. Look at verse 11. About this, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. So when he says about this, he just got done talking about Christ uh, being the, the great high priest. And he briefly mentioned Melchizedek, which we'll learn about in a few weeks. And we learned about Christ uh, being like us so that he could be the great high priest. He can understand everything about us. So, but yet, yet for these believers, it was hard for him to explain. Not that the truth itself was hard to understand, but they found themselves in such a place of immaturity, it was kind of hard to explain. Kind of like if you serve in Harvest Kids, when you serve in Harvest Kids with the three-year-olds, when you're communicating truths, it looks a little bit different than maybe when you're gathering a bunch of teens or adults to communicate things that they just can't understand. So it's kind of hard in that way to communicate. It might be a profound truth that's, that's easy to understand, but because they are so young, it's kind of hard to communicate. And what he's communicating in this is that the believers had become into a place that they had become dull, like literally meaning like sluggish in their ears. Their maturity had slipped because they become lazy. This word dull here in this verse, in verse 11, the same word is translated slothful in chapter 6, verse 12. Because it has this feeling like that there was a spiritual laziness, a lack of attentiveness to spiritual things, which left them in a place where they just weren't receptive to the truth. And then going on to verse 12, it says, For though by this you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. 
They needed to be taught again, not not a reminder, not like we're going through a Bible reading plan, we're reading it, uh, we want to read through the scriptures every year as a reminder of the truths that we know because we can forget things. It's not like freshening up. It's not like we just need a, a, a refresher. He's talking about the fact that like the blade of their life, we're not just sharpening the blade. The blade had become so dull, it needed to be reforged, like reforged again. That's the place that they were. And the fruit of neglect of our spiritual condition is a dullness towards the word of God. If you find yourself unaffected by a sermon or by someone sharing the truth from the Bible in your small group, that can be a sign that you've, you've allowed yourself to be distracted or, or grown dull. As, as we hear God's word, we should have our Bibles open so that we can be attentive to God's word, not just in this context on a Sunday morning, but when we're gathered together in other contexts, when someone shares the truth, open your Bible, be attentive. However you take note of things, I know for myself, when, when I'm needing to be attentive, I, I need to write things down. That helps me remember things. I need to take notes. But some of you, I know, like when you write things down, I have family members that write things down, they completely forget everything that's going on and they're completely lost. So some of you have this gift where you kind of take mental notes in your brain and that's how you're attentive. So it's, it's not about note taking, but it's about our heart attitude of being attentive to the word. So when things are mentioned later, look them up. When we are sluggish in our ears, we are in danger of regressing into spiritual infancy. Pastor Mark Knoll said this. He said, the scandal of the evangelical mind is that there is not much of an evangelical mind. Unlike the spiritual ancestors, modern evangelicals have not pursued comprehensive thinking under God or sought to a mind-shaped to its furthest reaches by Christian perspective. We need to ask ourselves, have we become sluggish? I mean, we were challenged just last week to look up what verse? Actually, a couple of verses. Psalm 139, right? Verses 23 and 24. Did you look those up? Did you pray those what, what, what do they say? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. If you look those up, you would have benefited from that and benefited from praying that. Or you could have just trusted that what Mark was saying last week was, was fine. And who knew if Mark just quoted something just to sound really great. When something's quoted, when something's referenced, you should be going back to your Bibles and digging and, and eating of the word yourselves and being matured by God in his word. Let's not become dull of hearing. We need to ask the question, am I growing? Am I learning as a Christian? If you wonder if you are, go, go to your small group and ask. Ask people in your family, do you see me growing or do you see me kind of becoming sluggish and unresponsive? Be humble enough to hear an honest answer. 
But why would we do that? Because we want to heed God's word. Because maturity is marked by an attentiveness to God's word rather than a dullness towards God's word. So mark of spiritual maturity, number two, is this shallowness or selfishness. Look at verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Not that you should be a Someone who's preaching a message. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying every one of you should be able to go stand on a street corner and preach for 45 minutes the most amazing expositional message you've ever heard. That's not what it's saying. But you should be able to communicate the word of God. And actually, immaturity is marked by a lack of sharing the truth of God's word with others, both in the church and outside of the church. That's immaturity. Baby Christians... Don't share the truth. They actually just remain focused on themselves. They keep the glorious truths to themselves. Rather than helping others grow, they're self-focused. Baby Christians constantly crave the buffet. You need to feed me. I need more. Their lives are marked by a shallowness. Baby Christians, they're, they're not as, in a sense, they're not as useful to others because they're so needy. When my children were three, I didn't go, hey, uh, would you please just go, uh, would you do the laundry and the dishes and, and the lawn needs mode? That would have been unwise for me to do that. Not that they could have even grabbed the lawn more at that point in time, but they, they don't have as much usefulness to help everyone out. Why? Because they're young and they're, they're growing. But the ones that are older, they are, they're able to contribute. They're able to help strengthen others. They're able to teach others. And that's what we want to do. I mean, I think about when I would visit Betty Howard, who's, who's gone home to be with the Lord last fall, a woman in our church, when I would go visit her in the hospital in the last days of her life, one thing she would always ask me, she'd be like, Pastor, uh, give, give me a word. What's the, what's the word? And in saying that, she was like, open the Bible for me. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear something from here. That's what she was telling me. So I'd share, but in the midst of even sharing that, she wasn't demanding something like I needed to feed her because she would always go, well, how are you doing? That would be inevitably what would come out of her mouth when I would first get there because she cared about me and what was going on in my life, even though she was realizing her days were numbered. Experiencing physical suffering could have been totally focused on herself, but she wasn't. She was sharing truth and being encouraging. Our lives need to be marked by selflessness, not selfishness. We ought to be teachers, teaching the basic principles. You, you understand the basic principles about Christ, even simple things like repentance and coming to him. Well, we should go and baptize. We should teach other believers all to obey all that Jesus commanded and, and walk through the scriptures together. Basic truths, maybe even talk about the, the truths that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. 
Here's, here's a reality. You've heard the old adage, use it or lose it. When we make disciples, it actually keeps us sharp. It actually protects us against selfishness because we are selfless when we're making disciples. We're focusing on others. Don't just take the responsibility for your spiritual life. Take responsibility for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Take responsibility for their growth, not in some weird, manipulative way. Not like you're going to just like meddle in their life just for the sake of meddling. I'm just going to go tell this person what to do because I know what's going on and they don't know what's going on. No, don't be an arrogant jerk. That's not what it's saying, but you should take interest. Hey, are they growing in their walk with Jesus? Are they finding delight in Christ? When they're discouraged, do they know the truths that they, they need to go to? Has anyone ever walked alongside with them and maybe shared some of the basic truths of the faith? Are you looking to do that towards others? Friends, there are those who are burdened by sins and are going to be tempted and led away by various passions, as it says in 2 Timothy, and we need to help them. In Titus 2, Paul calls older women to invest in younger women. Every Christian is always to be, as, as it says in 1 Peter, prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Maturity is marked by selflessness, by thinking of others, by, by having an interest in their spiritual well-being. So the marks of spiritual immaturity what would be dullness towards the word or selfishness rather than eagerness for the word and selflessness. Mark of spiritual maturity number three is, is a baby milk diet. Someone's unskilled in the word, a baby milk diet. Look at verse 12 again. Look at the second half of verse 12. It says, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So this isn't like, this isn't like you know, some, of, some of you, I know some of you teens drink like a gallon of milk a day. You're like, I love milk. Why is that a big deal? And certainly, if, if you have an, a, a child, an infant, you know, milk is a good thing. Mother's milk is a good thing. It's like the most nutritious thing that you can give them. It gives them everything that they need. Amazing what God has done. But there's something completely wrong. If you walk into a restaurant and you see four grown men sitting at the table, that would be awkward at best, right? Completely awkward. I mean, you can't even get much out of this thing. I mean, for us, we, we have baby bottles, but you have to understand the first century Christians, they didn't have baby bottles. There's only one way to get milk. I'm not going to go into detail, but that picture is really awkward, and it's meant to be really awkward. It's meant to get our attention. That's not what we're supposed to be as Christians. We are supposed to, we are supposed to have the solid food is for the mature. We're supposed to be skilled in righteousness because we've fed on God's word. 
When it says they're unskilled in the word of righteousness, that means they're just not intimately acquainted with the truth about Christ and what Jesus has done and who God is and about what, what the, the truths that we find in our Bibles. Mature Christians put the gospel in practice every day. That doesn't mean that we are perfect or that we won't struggle but we should feed ourselves and not be like have somebody else feeding us. Too many times in my Christian life over the last 30 years have I interacted with Christians who, who complain about not being fed. Oh, I, I'm not getting fed. Or, oh, I had to leave that church because I, I just wasn't being fed. Now, understand, if the church is preaching heresy, you shouldn't be there. If the church is not preaching the gospel, I understand why you might need to make a change. But too many Christians that I've interacted with that say that really just aren't feeding themselves. They want someone to hold them and, and give them just a little bit. Just a little bit. All, all I need is a little bit. And as Christians, we need to get rid of the bottle and we need to feed on the word of God ourselves. Puritan Richard Baxter <laughs> illustrated it this way. He says, in his directions for profitably hearing the word preached. So he's instructing believers how to listen to the word. And he gives this wise advice. He says, make it your work with diligence to apply the word as you are hearing it. Cast not all upon the minister as those that will go no further than they are carried as by force. You have work to do as well as the preacher and should all the time be as busy as he. You must open your mouths and digest it for another cannot digest it for you. Therefore, be all the while at work and abhor an idle heart in hearing as well as an idle minister. Yeah, you should stir me up. Anyone who's going to open the word of God for us, we want to stir them up. Certainly, I should be giving the time needed to prepare a meal, and whoever comes and preaches in our local church should take the time to prepare the meal. But, but maturity is marked by feeding on the solid food of God's word. Maturity is marked by feeding ourselves. What happens if we're not allowed to meet here because persecution comes and this building gets burned down and you're locked away in a cell by yourself? That's not the time for you to be like, oh, no one's, no one's teaching me. The writer of Hebrews wanted this group of believers to be able to navigate the persecution that they were experiencing and he knew would come. And so he's calling them to, to feed on the word, to understand the truths about Christ. Are you moving forward in your Christian life or backward? 
Because if we understand the gospel, if we understand we are made righteous through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, that will make a difference in how we think about this. This isn't just like a duty to do. This is life-giving. It transforms us. If we're not growing in God's word, let's just start in the place of saying, Lord, forgive me for prioritizing other things that, that don't satisfy. I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't, have, you ever tried, have you ever tried to satisfy yourself drinking out of one of these things? In preparation for this morning, I was like, oh, I'll just drink this thing in front of everybody. And I'm like, there is no way. It will take me like half an hour to get through this thing. We don't want just the things that give us a little bit, a little taste. We want the things that fill us up, that give us the energy that we need. And God's word is what will give us life and will give us what we need. So let's not live on the baby milk diet or be dull towards the word or be selfish. Let's, let's be selfless. Let's be attentive to the word. The fourth mark of spiritual immaturity that we find here is lacking biblical discernment between good and evil. Someone who's undiscerning. Look at verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature. Obviously, you can't give a baby a steak. That would be wrong. They couldn't eat it. Anymore. They don't have any teeth. They can't chew it. They don't have the, the solid food. They can't process the food. But solid food is for the mature. If you are mature in Christ, you're going to want more. You're going to want something that sits on your gut that's going to give you what you need. Because a nursing baby has no discernment. They can't discern between good and evil. In fact, if you've had a small child, you kind of wonder if they are evil at times by the things that they do. And a baby will put anything in its mouth. Translate that to the spiritually immature Christian who will put and, and listen to anything, who will read anything, who will, who will maybe uh, read things, memorable quotes that, that prick their emotions, half-truths, or even blatant lies, building their lives on statements like, God helps those who help themselves. Here's another quote from Ben Franklin. If you're just interested... You know, since that's from Ben Franklin, he says this. He says, behold, the rain which descends from heaven upon our vineyards. And we see vineyards around. We can resonate with that. So, and which incorporates itself into grapes to be changed into wine. Right? Oh, that's a wonderful picture. Rain comes, it makes grapes. And, and we, of course, if you have grapes, you have to make it into wine. That's what he says. Not that you have to, but that's what he says. And he says, this this is a constant proof that God loves us and loves to see us happy. That's just wonderful. Wow. Friends, though that's true, Ben Franklin said that, that's not going to help you when the bottom falls out. 
That's not going to cause you to stand firm in the evil day. What's going to shore you up? What's going to prepare you for the onslaught of persecution? What's going to help you when the bottom falls out in your life? What's going to help you when you're in conflict? What's going to help you when you are overcome by guilt and shame and you need to get out of the mess? It's not going to be pithy statements. It's not going to be half-hearted truths. It's not going to be posters that you can find on the wall of any gymnasium. It's going to be the word of God. That's what will make you discerning. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? That's what the scripture says. That will deliver. That will pay dividends. That will fill us up. Because how we know God loves us is not because we can make wine out of grapes. How we know God loves us is that we have read in the scriptures that God sent his perfect one and only son to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And there's nothing you can do to deserve that gift because it was given to you when you didn't deserve it, when you were running from him. And you can trust in him and find salvation and forgiveness for your sins. That's how we know God loves us. We know God loves us, not just because there's common grace. Yes, God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And there's, there's mercies that God gives, common grace that's out there. But we know God loves us because we know that he sent his son for us. That's how we know the truth. And that's what we need to feed on. So discernment comes through diligent study and applying the truth to our lives. That's how we grow in discernment. The people you know that are discerning, they didn't just wake up one day and they, they just knew how to figure everything out. They just always make the right choice. The wisest people I know have the most worn Bibles that I know. Because we, we wouldn't want to go to, to a heart surgeon who just kind of knows about what's going on inside your body, right? You wouldn't go to a heart surgeon and have surgery, uh, who, a heart surgeon who would say, you know, what's the plan? I'm not really sure. We're just going to figure it out as we go. I got Google, right? Just pull it out. If we run across something I haven't seen before, that would be ridiculous. We would go to someone who's fully studied, has everything. We don't want, we don't want the doctor that has his textbook open uh, uh, next to the operating table. Nurse, can I have a scalpel over here? And please turn to page uh, 376, because I'm not quite sure what I need to do over here. That's ridiculous. Why would we enter into the world that Jesus promised will hate us and be ill-prepared just having a little nugget here or there. Dr. Kent Hughes said, spiritual maturity being full-grown is possible if we simply take God's word seriously. He says, by listening with all we have, 
by becoming fully acquainted with its teaching about righteousness and living it out by constantly applying God's word to the decisions of life. Constantly applying God's words to the decision of life. Young people, get this in your heads now. Whether you are in elementary school or junior high and high school or you're in the young adult season of life. The, the tech companies that put the apps on your phone, they're not eager to have you go deep into the word of God. Unless it's the people who make the Bible app. They have a quietly different agenda. No, they, they, they want you to be driven and tossed by the wind. They want your emotions to be pricked. That's why things are quick and short, because they can grab onto you. And what they do is they grab onto you like a fish, and they just start dragging you right along. And before you know, time has gone, and you have done nothing other than felt like you just ate three bags of potato chips. Some of you are like, Sounds like awesome. I wish my parents would let me do that. They'll let you do it once, and you won't want them to let you do it again. What are you going to do to keep yourself from drinking from the bottle and putting yourself at the table where you can find solid food? Because maturity looks like devoting yourself to this book, to your Bible, and becoming intimately acquainted with Jesus Christ. That's why we're studying the book of Hebrews. We want to be intimately acquainted with Christ. And the writer of Hebrews, that's why he wrote the book. Every so often he's got to pause because he wants to, he wants to say, hold on a second, I, I need to point this out to you. I know this is not easy for you to hear, but I don't want you to be hindered in any way from taking in all that Christ is. That's what he wants for us. That's what I want for our faith family. Now understand, our knowledge does not save us. Just because we study the word, how much we memorize the word, that's not what saves us. Putting into practice everything that we find in the scripture, everything that Jesus taught, that's not what saves us. Let me just be clear about that. We, we pursue that because he has saved us. Because when he went to the cross, it is finished. He paid for our sins. We no longer have to earn anything for him. So going in the morning, if you're using the Bible app to do your Bible reading and you're checking things off, don't, don't be like, oh, God's now pleased with me today because I checked all these things off. Maybe he won't notice because I, I had to miss like a week, so I'm just going to check all these off. But since I'm caught up, God must love me. No. He loves you because we find in his word that he sent his son. And your sins are forgiven because we know this. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you've never trusted in Christ, don't think I've got to get myself together. No, you come to Christ because you don't have yourself together and you can come to Christ today. If you've discovered, even as we've gone through the word, like well, maybe I've been coming and I don't know that I'm a Christian, have a conversation with one of the pastors before you leave here today or someone you came with today. We want you to know Christ. And yes, as you become a Christian early on, you might start out with the basic principles. You might start out in milk, but, but soon thereafter, you're going to be feeding on God's word. We want to take this seriously we're not adulting. We're not adulting. 
Like, oh, I think I'm going to try this out. No, we are, the desire is to be mature in Christ. That's why God gave leaders. It says in Ephesians 4, it says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Why? Till we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. And it goes on. And it's not just the leaders that bear the responsibility, it's also the church. Dr. Al Mohler says, it is an individual believer's responsibility to grow in spiritual understanding so that the congregation as a whole is better equipped to faithfully minister the gospel to those in need. Ephesians 4 says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's why we share the truth with each other. Because when each part is working properly, the body grows. So don't just own this for you. Own this for them. Own this for the one who's sitting next to you this morning. Own this for the one who couldn't be here this morning for one reason or another. We are family of faith. And may we be a church that doesn't settle for the milk, but the one who pursues intimacy with Christ, one who is deeply rooted in God's word and understanding what Christ has done. Friends, this is the picture of what, of what it should be like for us. Not, not one who, you know, oh, I just, I just need just a little, little, little bit. No, the picture should be more like, like the young man who goes to the carnival and he, he comes up to the ride and he realizes, I'm not tall enough. We've all been there, right? Like, I want to get on the big kid ride. But I'm just like, just like that, that much. And rather than just being like, oh, I just, I'm going to go ride on the one that goes around and around. No, run to the bathroom and get as many paper towels as you can. And you stock them up and you stuff them in your shoe so that when you go and you go to the ride, you're tall enough. Now, I just didn't give anyone an idea for the next time you go. But that's the picture. No, there's an eagerness to do something that the big people do. There's an eagerness to lean in because the exciting stuff happens there. The big stuff happens there. The weighty things happen there. It's not just, oh, because we need to be mature, but there is life in Christ when you are devoted to him, when you find life that's in his word, when you are mature. This is a great adventure that we have. It certainly isn't without suffering and trial. But may we be like that young man, leaning in. No, I want to do the big kid stuff. I don't want to settle for the milk. I want this. I want more. May that be the picture. Not laziness or selfishness or lacking discernment or settling for the bottle. Let us be eager for maturity that we would all learn about Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth found in your word. 
Lord, though this word comes as a warning, I pray, Father, if, if, if we found ourselves in any of these categories, Lord, I ask that we wouldn't experience a, a condemnation like, oh, you are no good. Father, would we experience your loving hand going, son, daughter, I have so much more for you. Come and sit at the table. Lord, your word even says that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, and it's not a table of baby food. It's a table of rich, luscious food. And I pray, Father, that we would come to the table. We would come and feast on your word. And I pray, God, that you'd fill us with your spirit. God, that you would mature us. I pray for men and women here that they would have confidence not in themselves, but they would have confidence in your word. That their hope would not be in what they can do, but in what Christ has done. God, would that be pervasive in our church? Would we delight in Christ? And would we come to your word each and every day because we see we need it for nourishment? Father, I pray that you would do that in us. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Why don't we stand and respond? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Lakeshore Sermon Podcast. Harvest Lakeshore exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. For more information about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org.